Less Doing, Episode 85. Ari talks with Ilan Ferdman of Satori Prime about work-life balance, fueling entrepreneurship, and smart drugs. Welcome back to this episode of Less Doing Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is episode 85, as Felix mentioned, and it's with my good friend, Alon Ferdman, who makes the best tasting barbecue chicken I've ever had in my life. Oh, <laughs> uh, is, that the one, is that the one my wife was, uh, has been talking about nonstop by any chance? Yes, exactly, uh, exactly. See, I didn't um, get to go to that barbecue for some reason. Yeah. But you did get to taste it, so uh, Ilan... No, uh, no, Claire's been trying to... Uh, to, uh, re- to replicate it? <laughs> to replicate it, yes, exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, and it's apparently both. a secret, so I, I don't know. She, he might have told her something, but um, yeah, so Elan uh, a, is a good friend, and uh, he's actually got a company called Satori Prime, and they do, uh, they do a lot of work with entrepreneurs and just help them basically achieve what they need to achieve. It's really cool stuff. So it was a fun interview. We did it at the kitchen counter, uh, both drinking beers and just kind of talking stuff through, so... Uh, it was cool. The other thing also is, and I don't know if people are going to pick up on this, but the recording that we did was horrible in some ways because we had to keep stopping. We, both, three of our kids were napping and woke up and like, we just kept, I, I think the interview was in like six parts and uh, I had the audio cleaned up by somebody on Fiverr and they did a really good job, I think. So uh, if you notice any blips, that's the reason, but I think that the content, the quality is there. And of course, Felix is going to work any magic he can on it as well. So you bet. Anyway, let's get to the review first, and then we'll do a question. Yeah, we got a review. It's an Amazon review, and it's by Leonard Gillett III. Thank you very much. Five out of five stars. Gives you a different perspective on everything, he writes. This review is, you know, uh, less doing, more living, make everything in life easier, which, of course, is Ari's book, and he had the Kindle edition. Straightforward, to the point. Great concept of how to make everything and how to make every minute count, taking corporate thinking and turning it into something the individual could can embrace to feel happy, organized, not just in his business, but in his life. You don't have to get into all his suggestions, but he definitely points you in the right direction. It's not just a book you read just once. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate that. We love, we love seeing those and knowing that the work that uh, we're putting out there here is being well received. So thank you. Um, and then we get we have a we have a good a very timely question. So you want to run yeah. that? Yeah, here we go. Hi guys, this is Deborah in Amarillo. I really enjoy your podcast and all the tips you give. Ari, you mentioned that you were going to try Lumo back, but I've heard nothing from you further on this. I'm very interested. Let me know. Thanks. So uh, it's funny because actually this question came in last week and it literally came in the day that I got my Lumo back. I think, uh, Felix, you were with me when I ordered the Lumo back, which it was, I think it was like nine months ago or something that That's I ordered right. it. That's right. I was, yes. And I've yeah. been thinking about it many times. Yeah. So the Lumo back is a little device that's about the size of, let's say it's like the size of a, it's like half the size of a Bic lighter, basically. And you, it has a little magnet on it and you put it right around where your collarbone is on your shirt. So all you see is this little tiny square and it's very inconspicuous. And you get set in good posture. And then anytime you come out of good posture, it vibrates in order to alert you that you're out of posture. And it's it's great. It's very, very sensitive. It's very uh, So you've been trying it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been using it for about a week now. And the good thing is that it turns out that I have actually fairly good posture, which is nice. But... um, there's a couple things to this. One, obviously, there's all sorts of evidence why good posture is so important. It makes you more confident. You, it, it actually is health extending. Like you, you know, you're standing up straight. You're you present yourself better. You speak more clearly. Like all these things happen when you have good posture. You have more energy. All this stuff. Yeah. And uh, the other thing though that's interesting is someone like Chris Dancy, who you know we've had on the podcast and is the the most connected man. He actually uses the older version of the Lumo device to track his posture because he has used that to determine when he basically doesn't like somebody because he's found when he meets somebody that he doesn't have a good impression of he'll he'll slouch more Um, which is really interesting it's like one of those subconscious behaviors so he can identify people that are you know toxic in his life basically that way so uh anyway i found that it was really useful the app on the phone is pretty cool it'll coach you it they call it their like coach thing basically it'll tell you like oh you had good posture for the last hour or so and you know whatnot 
But on a very, very simple level, it's essentially just using a very basic accelerometer, and it's telling you if you're out of plane at any point. So I think it's great. I think if you're worried about having good posture, this is a good thing. I, as with a lot of tracking devices, I don't see myself using this long term. Mm-hmm. You know, and actually, as a matter of fact, I, I think I'd probably I'm, I, I'd like to lend it to you, Felix, and see. What oh, I'd love to try it. Out. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, because it's a very basic device. It's really it's just telling you like this is the position you want to stay in. If you come out of that, tell me. Uh, and that little vibration is a really good feedback device. So. I like it. I think it's great. I think for 79 bucks, it's a really, really good device because I actually, I don't think it's a trivial thing. I think that fixing your posture yeah, is true. really, really important. Oh, yeah. So uh, I, li- I like it. I think it's a really great device and I do recommend it to people it to try it out. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. When you, can you wear it with anything? You're not supposed to wear it with something that's too loose, but I don't think that's so much of an issue for guys, uh, honestly, unless you're wearing like the, you know, the, the, the Seinfeld pirate shirt. Um, and Oops. for women, if, if you're, you know, the, the puffy shirt, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I, this is like, I've never actually seen a full episode of Seinfeld. I just know some of the references, but, um, yeah. for women, they recommend you actually, if you're wearing a loose shirt, you can put it on your bra strap. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I wore the, a t-shirt like I'm wearing right now and it just you put it up by your collarbone and oh, okay. it works. So okay, cool. yeah, you'll have to try it out and give us a report too. But, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a great little device. Yeah. Well, thanks. So, uh, so links for this week. I, there's some really cool stuff that came out this week. The, uh, this was actually I'm going to talk about this one first. This was the last link I put, but I thought you'd be very excited about this. Did you see that IFTTT added a slice channel? I did, but I was um, my. Tell me about it, actually. Okay, so you you love slice, right? I do love slice. Yes. Okay, well, tell people about slice first. Well, Slice is one of those, I mean, I don't know, I haven't used anything else, but it's a package tracking app. So you have it linked to your email inbox and it will basically does all of your package tracking. So when you reorder something on Amazon or from wherever, it will, um, it gets that tracking email and in all in the app, it notifies you when packages are coming, when they've been delivered, you know, so you get a notification saying, oh, you've got four packages coming today and you can click on it and see exactly when they are coming. It's, it's really fantastic. So, okay. And, and it also, it just gives you a really good overview of kind of like what's happening with your incoming exactly. and outgoing packages. Yeah. And you don't have to sift through all your email and say, oh, where's that email from that store that, it, you know, so-and-so ordered from. It's just right there in the app. It's great. And, and it also it's worth noting that it, it just pulls it from your email. You don't have to forward anything. It just gets it whenever yes. you get a email in your inbox that That's has a crucial point. Thank exactly. You. Any tracking information, it'll yeah. just pull that in. It's just automatic. So with the Slice channel on IFTTT now, you can do a number of things, such as like if I have a package out for delivery, send me a text message. You know, so like you know it's coming, for instance. Uh, or cool. if um, if there's a delay, you know, send me an email, whatever it might be. What I'm using it for right now is I'm having it add any package delivery dates to my calendar. Oh, that's great. So not, and it's not so much you know we have a house, you have a house, so it's not like we have to be there when the packages arrive, but it's more like. I can look at the day and be like, oh, we have diapers coming today, so I don't have to worry about going to the store and getting them because we're running out. That is very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, or like that, you know, the Lumo back that I have been waiting for, like, oh, that's coming this tomorrow, so I can't wait to try that out, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, it's really cool. It's a nice, it's a nice little add-on that they did. I love, I, I love IFTTT, and whenever I'm describing the difference between IFTTT and Zapier, it's really like Zapier is is much more full-featured in a lot of ways, uh, and it works with a lot more business applications than you would uh, see in the uh, in IFTTT. But with IFTTT, you're getting all the stuff that's like, oh, that's so cool. That's like the thing that I'm using at home or I'm using personally all the time. And I love it. So, Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, okay, so then the next one is there was a study, there was well, a couple studies about gut bacteria, and it's something that I've sort of alluded to before, but... Basically, it's saying like the gut bacteria dictate what you like, they dictate what you crave, and they may even determine whether you're lean or fat. And what the conclusion of this this article was, which I, I thought was a good one, because one of my one of my recommendations to everybody in terms of supplements is that they should take a probiotic, uh, because especially in this country, a lot of people are not exposed to enough good bacteria. We don't eat a lot of fermented foods. We're not, you know, that kind of thing. But whenever they ask for a recommendation of which one, it's very hard to do that because there isn't really a one-size-fits-all for probiotics. And what this article is actually showing is that 
if you're on a mixed diet, for instance, where you're having like high, uh, um, you know, like a mix of protein and fats and carbs, as opposed to like a low carb diet or a low fat diet or whatever it might be, the same probiotic that could be very beneficial for one person could actually be very harmful to another person on that diet and could actually promote you becoming obese or promote you having different. Yeah. So essentially that, uh, unbalanced diets are going to basically put you at a greater risk is what it's saying. And this is whether or not you're taking a probiotic, or you're just being exposed to bacteria. So by having a very low carb diet, which, you know, like a ketogenic diet, that's not necessarily a good thing. And there's all sorts of information that shows that, you know, a ketogenic diet or, you know, a high, high fat, low protein, low carb diet can be really therapeutic medically speaking. But in terms of a long-term solution, it doesn't necessarily work in a lot of ways. And, and it's probably more sane and more healthy to have some element of carbs, even if you're going to cycle those in and out. But this is giving another side of it, basically showing that this is how the gut bacteria will actually interact with those diets that are extreme one way or another. Wow. I think it's, I think it's a really good look at it. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay, so the, there's a cool website that I just found recently, and I haven't gotten to play with it too much, but I love the idea. So it's called but I think it's banya.io, and basically you're using emails to track goals. And what's really cool about this is that all you do is, there's no planning required, which I love. I really like services that are email-based that you don't really have to think about that way, such as followup.cc. Mm-hmm. You send an email to something at banya.io, so it could be um, went to the gym, or uh, ate salad, or slept eight hours, whatever it is, something that's, you know, and, and literally you can say like slept eight hours at banya.io or oh, uh, really? went to the gym at, yeah, at banya.io. Oh, wow. That's clever. And what it does is it gives you a heat map report of all of their, your activity. So you're going to see like an overview at the end of the month, basically of every time that you went to the gym and, and the days that you did it. And, and it actually shows like a, a heat map in terms of like density of, you know, you did this five times or, but what I just, again, what I love about it is you don't have to think about it at all. It's just like, you know what? I want to start tracking every time I floss. So I'm going to say floss at banya.io. Wow. Um, so I, I really, I think that this is um, almost like the most seamless lowest barrier to entry way I've ever seen of doing sort of quantified self stuff. I really, I really like this idea. Hmm. So, uh, there was an article and I, I think I've talked about this before, but I, I had this in my notes for this episode and it was about the, uh, the Pomodoro technique and how the, the 5217, uh, have we talked about this? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Okay. We have. Yeah, so, and I, and I just had a look at this and it does seem, um, I'm interested to try this one. Well, okay, so so yeah. it's worth bringing up again because I might have talked about this before, but I didn't put the actual article in the show notes. So uh, this is basically showing that they did some research and that they found that, you know, the, and the Pomodoro technique for people who don't know is where you're working for 25 minutes and then taking a five-minute break and you're doing that multiple times. This is showing that a ratio of 52 minutes of work to a 17-minute break is actually the most effective that they've found. So uh, it's something that you have to try yourself anyway. For me, I don't think this would work because I, I don't ever do work that takes me an hour. And that's not because I'm not, – that's not a matter of efficiency. It's just like when I write a blog post, for instance, I usually do it in like 15 or 20 minutes. And uh, I don't proofread and that's you know why – I'm always about getting the stuff out necessarily more than making yeah. it perfect. So, uh, but for someone who's doing something that's a longer project, either they're writing or they're researching, or I don't know, maybe this would work for music production. You have to tell me. It, yeah, it can be a bit, bit like that. I mean, I do find that the um, the hardest thing with the Pomodoro technique is taking that that first break. Yeah, and and also, you know, it's 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 not always as you know. I absolutely swear by, and I, I always have a timer going, but. It's not always uh, possible to to leave your desk and go away for, you know, I work at home and actually just going out and being in front of the kids is sort of disruptive. So right. sometimes I have to turn it off and actually having more time maybe to take a break or to, um, you know, basically not having to take as many breaks could be really helpful. Yeah, I, I I think it'd be really interesting to to try this out and, yeah. and see see what you think of it too. So, uh, the, okay, so that was an interesting article. There's a website here, and I, I'm I'm curious about this. But so it's called Shortwell, and it's basically yeah. it's about having people write you more effective emails. Really, what it is? 
Yeah, I saw. I had a look at this, and um, it it looks like a good idea, but it also looks like it's got the serious potential to really annoy your friends. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, right. So this is so you know I have the human autoresponder concept, which is what this made me think of, and the human autoresponder is where I have. Uh, a whole bunch of information that I would never want to send to everybody because it would piss everybody off. But it, it's something that a virtual assistant can use to craft a personal response to someone's question. So what this is basically... It, 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 sending better email is one thing, but you know, training people to communicate with you in a more effective way is another thing. So yeah, I agree with you. I would not want necessarily my friends going through this, but it basically takes people to a page that's a form that they fill out. And it's, you know, essentially what is, what is this about? Do you need a reply? Which I think is cool. How urgent is this? Uh, And then you can put the subject, the message, your email, your name, you can add a website, you can add a bio. What I think is really cool is that they allow you to, when you're sending the email to someone, you can put a multiple choice question in there. Okay. Which that one I thought was cool, right? So it's it's based, but and then it, it does get a little obnoxious where you have to click at the bottom and basically saying I've followed this person's request and I believe my email is valuable. <laughs> because so, so maybe this is more for like, well, in a way, someone like you. Maybe you get lots of emails from from people who you don't know, and maybe they're all asking the same question over and over again. Is that you know maybe? But at the same time, it's like I, I, I'm. I don't know. I, I, it, there's something that's a little standoffish about it, but at the same time, yeah. I guess if you're like a celebrity or you're, uh, you know, someone like a Tim Ferriss or someone who's a book author who's built a community and is getting like thousands of requests all the time, yeah, this could right. this could make more sense. Yeah. But uh, so it's interesting, and I, I think that again, if you're training people to send you better emails, that's that's good. But this. I don't know. This this may be a good method. What I, again, what I really liked was the multiple choice thing. It'd be really cool if somebody could very easily just send you a multiple choice question or an email, and you can just click and be done with it. I think that'd be great. Oh uh, yeah. But um, I, I'm curious to see how this kind of turns out for them. And, and if if anybody has an experience using Shortwell, I'd love to hear it. You can leave that in the, the show notes or the the comments in the blog post, or uh, send us feedback. So yeah. Um, okay, so now there's another website called Nico Nico, and it's mood logging. Now, mood logging is historically not very accurate because the mood that it, this is very hard to explain, basically, but the mood that you log now is not necessarily the mood that you are in, but the mood that you are going to be in very shortly. Um, so it's kind of a, it's like a weird thing, but what this does is it's basically prompting people and they have this set up as a team thing. So you can sort of see how your team is, what the mood of your team is and how productive they are, how happy they are. And it's, it's an analytics thing for a team. So it's an interesting idea and I like it. And I think that if you're, what, what I really like about this is that you can start to find rhythms. So if you're finding that, you know, if you have a team that's spread around the globe, for instance, and you're finding that there are a couple people who are very happy at the end of the day, East Coast time, and then there are some people who are very happy at the day, at the end of the day, uh, London time, for instance, uh, not so happy. To, like you can try to find times that intersect, mm-hmm. and maybe that's the best time for all those people to get on a Skype call and have a meeting. You know, when best moods necessarily because yeah. just because somebody's not in a good mood doesn't mean they're not going to do good work. You know, some people will be pissed off and bury themselves in their work. But if you're tracking a team in disparate locations, this is actually kind of a cool way to find out when the best time to have those people interact would be. A clever idea, because you could have like an, um, if you had to have a small organization or any size, I guess, you could also see when people are probably least productive in a way based on their mood. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, guys. Everyone's really tends to be in a really bad mood at this time, so we're going to um, go home early today or something. I don't know. If yeah, no, I, 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 no, that's true, and it's also a good thing to be like, oh, you know, or John, John, in our to do a, I don't know, a team building exercise or something. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I say this stuff. I mean, I studied business management at college, but I've never really, you know had anything any use for it (laughs) (laughs) well no but you know you can also be like well you know john in our hungry office is always kind of like not in a great mood at you know 11 o'clock in the morning so i won't bother him right now with this request that doesn't you know doesn't need to be asked right now that's a good point yeah i wonder if it would work for husband and wife Uh yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah well anyway uh (laughs) maybe maybe we wouldn't need the app (laughs) maybe not um, so then there's, there's a, another app or it's a service called data monkey and 
there, you know, there's all these like Code Academy, and you did Code Academy for a little while, right? I did, but oh my god, it's so difficult. Was it okay? Really? Just not the way my brain works. That's all. Oh, okay. It's not that it's difficult. I was very impressed, but it's just I just I wish I could understand computer programming, and then you know I'm crazy about technology, but just just you know i'm just not mathematical enough i guess well yeah computer programming is uh, its own animal and I, i'm not uh, gifted at it either but basically there's all these great services out there that um uh i'm sorry it, there's, uh, there's all these great services out there that allow you to learn coding and code accounting is one of those. this mm. is the same this, thing but for data anal- analysis yeah so this I really like, and this is some, you know, especially as someone who's into quantified self, and if uh, data is everywhere, and if you can learn how to analyze data, it's yeah. actually it's pretty amazing. So this is a really cool program that takes you through being a data monkey, essentially. Yeah, so it, it teaches you how to you know break into spreadsheets and SQL and stuff, and I think this is really really valuable. So uh, I, I love it. And uh, and anyway, that's all we've got for this week. So we will uh, get over to the interview with Ilan. And next week is our episode with Tony Blauer of Spear Tactical Systems, which is pretty cool stuff. Uh, thanks for listening in. Cool. Okay, everyone. See you next week. So uh, I'm here today in my house with Ilan Berman of Satori Prime. How you doing? Fantastic. <laughs> you tried to kill me a minute ago. But... Yeah. Yeah. So Ilan and I just did a workout. And... Um, Right now, we are actually babysitting three kids. Daddy right daycare. Now. Daddy daycare. Uh, and we're trying to get in this interview as quick, or this discussion as quick as we can. We just did a pretty badass workout. You literally tried to kill me. Yeah, I didn't expect that to happen. What, what do you call that workout? So, I, I've talked about this before on my podcast and on my videos, but the, uh, the man maker. Is yeah. this, it's, this, it's a complex, it's a dumbbell complex where you're doing um, a push-up. Well, it's like a, basically a burpee, so squat yeah. thrust. And then a row, a push-up, a row, a push-up, and then you do a squat clean, and then you overhead press. By the way, that's all one exercise. That is one rep, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we combine that with uh, back squats, 135-pound back squats. So it was an EMOM workout. So every minute on the minute, we did one, and we went back and forth. Yep. I originally said we should do 20 minutes, and then <laughs> and I was like, you're out of your mind. <laughs> so we did 14 minutes, and I have to say, in 14 minutes, that was, one of the, that was a really solid workout. Yeah. I'm still feeling it. I'm both, still sweating. Both of us are still sweating. We just showered separately, <laughs> um, and, uh, and now Alon's broken out the beer. Yeah, so it's, yeah, I figured that'll maybe cool me down. Maybe. Maybe. So let's talk about what you do. What I do? Yeah, because you know what? I honestly just still don't even really know. Okay, cool. So, uh, I actually work with my brother, uh, Guy Ferdman, a company, like you said, it's called Satori Prime. And we train entrepreneurs to create businesses that they're passionate about. So giving them all sorts of tools. Basically, I'll start with our mission and our why. Our why is to break down the barriers to what people believe is possible in their lives. Okay. How we, how, we, yeah, how we accomplish that is by unlocking people's passions and turning their passions into money in their bank accounts. And so we do that in a multitude of ways. So the first thing we do is there's always a mindset part component, right? So like when people decide that the system is not for them, corporate America is not for them, there's a big transition that needs to happen, mm-hmm. which is a big mindset shift from going from working to, for someone, for yourself. Uh, and then from there, we give them all the tools. So we've kind of become like world-class Facebook marketers. So a lot of people come to us uh, to learn everything they need to learn about Facebook. Well, so that's something that I want to stop there. Because, yeah. that, you know, in our conversations, you've talked a lot about Facebook stuff. But it's honestly, it's like Facebook marketing is something that I know nothing about. Oh, wow. and, and sort of how did, how did, I mean, how does that fit in? I mean, I get the whole mindset thing and become an entrepreneur and stuff. But how, how did Facebook become such a big part of this? So by accident, like all good <laughs> things, I guess. Um When we had started, we started kind of, I think, like a lot of other people do, just fishing around the internet, trying to figure out what we're going to do. A guy had joined up with this company at the time, I think it was called Carbon Copy Pro, and we needed a marketing strategy. So Facebook kind of became what we wanted to master. Uh, And slowly but surely, we, you know, you do things long enough, like anything, and you start becoming masterful at it. We started figuring some stuff out. And then we realized, you know what, we, we really are onto something here. And so we, we launched our first product. It went really well. Uh, we launched several others. People had us, you know, come out to speak at events. And so Facebook 
The reason we like Facebook, at least today, so much is because I think it's the easiest platform for people to get online and start making money immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a mastermind, for example, where the, the goal of the mastermind is that we can teach you in a 90-day period to create any campaign, whether you market computers, phones, beer, towels, whatever, and create a profitable ROI campaign in 45 days maximum. Wow. Okay. And that, that's, that's the game plan. And we do it in a very strategic way. So but they don't have to have their own product. Either. Nothing. They don't have to have anything. They could literally say, uh, you know, I'm pat- like, like, I'll give you an example. This woman who is passionate about um, thyroid cancer mm-hmm. and treatments for thyroid, which is very uh, difficult, I guess, to find treatments for. Um, so she's really passionate. I think something with her daughter. And uh, we showed her basically how to turn that passion because she's already doing all the research and doing all the work. Right. And by sharing that with the world, she builds a name for herself. And we showed her how she can actually leverage that sell different products that aren't hers, but ones that she likes. Right. And just by making that recommendation, you kind of become that middleman. Sure. Um, and you know, you, you can make commissions on anything, literally anything today. I mean, this table, this cup, this computer, right. anything. So if you know that skill, that's the most transfer, in my opinion, that's the most transferable skill. Um, and that's why today I think Facebook is the king in allowing you to do that. You know, if you can spend five, $10 a day, you can build a business online today. That's, that's really cool. And that's really amazing. So is that, you know, that's not like ClickBank stuff or is it sort of, I mean, sometimes it's ClickBank stuff. Okay. It depends what your niche is. Right. Um, we don't love ClickBank stuff. Uh, we can show people how to make money with ClickBank, but it's not something that we're like, this is the end all be all, you know, but it's a good place for people to start right. because at the end of the day, if you can put the right person in front of the right offer and convert that into sales, that skill is the skill that you want to master. Sure. Because then you can decide like, you know what? I'm not really into selling computers anymore, but I, I know what I'm doing. Now. Exactly. Right. And it's the same process. Like we literally show them like a three step process using Facebook mm-hmm. and that's it. They're off to the races. Yeah. I, I mean, the one experience I had looking at like Facebook ads, I did find it interesting how you could be like, you know, I only want males between 18 and 24. Oh yeah. And this, I mean, it's, and it shows you how many people that's going to possibly reach. Oh, it's crazy today. Yeah. Uh, like, Today, and they keep improving, obviously, I think, because they have shareholders. Uh, so they're trying to make the advertising platform much better. But you can niche down to, like, how much money someone makes, how much ki- how many kids they have, how old their kids are, what business they're in, what occupation they are, what position in that corporate structure. It's insane what you can target today. Yeah. And so one of the reasons that that's so interesting to me also is because, you know, I'm, I'm so obsessive about automation and mm-hmm. optimization and stuff. So. Clearly, there's a lot of room here for optimization. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, what kind of metrics or tracking or, or feedback or analytics are you able to work with when you're doing this kind of stuff? Great, great question. So, let me just start by saying that the biggest mistake people make, and it, ironically, I remember when I first spoke to you, I said, it's amazing. I do this in my business, but I don't do it in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, you track everything in your life, which is why you can make educated decisions. It's not like... Oh, I wonder what happened. You know, um, we do that on Facebook. Uh, the, the biggest thing I think on Facebook when you're tracking is most people gamble. They have a gambling problem with Facebook. They just don't realize it. Cause some people will win. Like I know people that made $30,000 a month and I ask them, what did you do to make that money? They have no freaking clue. None. So they can't replicate it. Um, so one of the things that we teach people is how to track down to the individual. So I'll give you an example. We ran a campaign in May. It was $25,000 campaign. We started with 300 ads and we were paying just under $500 for an acquisition of a, you know, a buyer, for example. Right. By day 14, because we start tracking all these things, we had brought that price down to about $269. By day 30, we were paying $44 for the same person that it cost us at the beginning, just under 500. And we took those ads from 300 down to about seven. And, and what kind of like refinement was it? Like what, what did you get? What did you start at? What did you get to? Yeah. So you start out really broad yeah. and you'll, you'll brainstorm. We have this whole research thing that we teach people how to do before they ever place an ad, which most people don't do. Um, then you place the ads and what you're trying to do is figure out which ones are the ones that are actually creating you the, the results, which ones are the ones that get on you the leads, which ones of those leads are actually converting into sales, et cetera. 
So by the end, we're pretty much down to like women from Australia between the ages of 35 to 41 who like Tony Robbins, who buy between the time of 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. And that's my, right? And so what I tell people is imagine if you spend $1,000 and you tested 10 different things. And this is true for anything in life, but let's just use Facebook. And then you take that thousand, that same thousand and you, now you eliminate eight because two of them of the 10 are going to be the ones that are actually creating you money. Right. Eight are just eight gambling, points. a bad gambling debt. You take the same thousand, you put it into the two that are actually working. And in that instant, you five X your business literally overnight. And, and when people get the power of that, that's the, that's the like aha moment. It's so interesting to me too, because when I created my first mastermind coaching program, Mm -hmm. I was working on, you know, and I thought, I thought it was such a weird exercise, but I was working with the guy who organized it for me on my uh, customer avatar. And I was as wrong as I could have been Yep, as possibly could have been. I was wrong. So I I thought that my clients were women in a certain age, married, this and this. And I had had a lot of individual clients that way, but going to the group format for some reason, Everyone in the group is men, is, is a guy. And they're very, very similar to each other and nothing like what I thought it was going to be. So it is it's really interesting how you kind of like learn that. About there's, your there's, there's three people in the world. The ones you want to market to, the ones you think you market to, and the ones who actually buy your stuff. Right. <laughs> and the, the thing that people mostly don't do, and that's the research portion, is they market to who they think right. will buy their product not necessarily who is buying their product. And when you get, I'll give you a perfect example. We had a client muscle building, right? So if I said to you guys, okay, who would you market a muscle building product to? Your first response is going to be bodybuilders, right? Right. Fitness people. But they already know their shit. Exactly. Cause, cause what most people do is they go to their brain and they're like, okay, logic. Da, 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 da. We know that that's not necessarily how it works. So we put out a survey, we survey people and we say, okay, you're into bodybuilding what's the most important thing to you? And we give them options like diet plan, personal trainer, supplement, workout routine. 80 plus percent said they were looking for a diet plan, which to us was like, whoa, right. that's a big insight, right? Excuse me. So we go back to the client and now we change the entire messaging. Why? Because by doing that, instead of competing with 99% of the market for 20%, I compete with 1% of the market after 80% of the pie. Right. And that's like, you know, third of the cost, better results, all that kind of stuff. So I think for a lot of people, they too lazy, I guess, to do the proper research and look, you had a great business, right? Yeah. And then from that moment, now it's like, I don't know how many times it exploded, but many, many multiples. Yeah, Yeah. no, it's absolutely true. And and the whole optimization thing is so interesting or the, um, like the AB testing stuff. Mm -hmm. I always find this crazy because the, again, the guy who was doing this for me, like we have, we've had, you know, landing pages and, and honestly, I don't know most of this stuff. It's being done for me. Ari um, outsources everything. Yes. Okay. So we'll just stop this real quick. So start at, I don't know. Most We're just going to stop again. Yeah. That way that uh, Felix can match it up to the uh, sound. So the A-B testing stuff is so fascinating to me because, uh, and again, with the, the sales pages, landing pages, the funnels, all that stuff, I'm not dealing with that. It's being done for me by, you know, partners, <laughs> partners that I trust. Uh, I don't need to know about this stuff because it's not my forte, my, yeah. my area of, you know, my strength. Uh, but he was showing me how there was a, a sign-up page with me in the yoga pose, picture of me in the yoga pose, and I was like this. And, uh, or I was like this, basically. And the... When he had the email box over my face, as opposed to the email box with me pointing at the email box, the, the sign up rate, it was something like 80% higher. Which one? With the, you pointing, pointing at it. Yeah. Yep. But then, and he was showing me because he does a lot of stuff for, yep. uh, for a triathlon coach. And he had this one where the box was over a girl's, a run, she was running, it was over her legs. And then the other one was over her torso. And the one that was blocking her legs got better signups. Yep. It's just, it's just, but like, I, that's what always gets me because we talk about this, he and I, and I'm like, how do you even think about what to test? You know, you know, here's, it's a really good point. So first of all, Ari's a master of optimization and Ari's a master of outsourcing the things that 
are in his strength, which is amazing. I mean, that's, I've learned so much from you just by, by understanding that concept. AB testing is very tricky. People get down into really obscure rabbit holes for no reason. And it's just mostly a waste of time. Right. But when you understand the fundamentals of why things work, Sam, right? Is the guy that does it? Okay. So Sam, he's real smart and he's done this for a long, long time. Right. So Mm -hmm. there's, there's certain human behavioral things that you pick up on. So for example, let's use that landing page example. We also know that if the picture, if if the person's eyes are either looking at the opt-in box and or pointing to the opt-in box, what do you normally do? If I went like this, you look look that way, even if it's nothing, right? Right. Um, It's a very human reaction. So we play with these human behavioral things to do that. But it's crazy. I mean, Guy just showed me a landing page he did where he literally bolded one sentence and kept it unbolded in the other one. And the bolded one had like a 3% opt-in rate and the unbolded one had like a 40% opt-in rate. <laughs> it's, it, it, sometimes it doesn't even make sense, but these are the things that when you know what you're doing, you can test very fast. Yeah. So you're not like, you know, you're not uh, bogged down by it. It's not like, oh, this is my business based on this thing. It's just like you're trying to tweak and test and... Right. Optimize. Yeah. Now, as far as like automation stuff, how much of that plays into what you do with, uh, with the Facebook ads or with anything, you know, uh, a lot, a lot. Uh, we're always, we're big on tools just like you are. And you created a software for this. We did create a software, um, that, that helped us tremendously in our business. We're actually in the process of creating another one. We're, we do things. What, what, what did it do? Okay. So the, the first software was a software that allowed you to go, into groups in specific niches. So let's just use that bodybuilding example. Like if you had a bodybuilding or fitness product, you could actually go and find people that are in a group about fitness on Facebook, on Facebook that have joined that group in the last 30 to 60 days. Cause the issue with Facebook is think like you've hit a like button on a page. Some of us have been on Facebook like three, four, five years, right? right. Okay. So say you clicked on, I like beach body which is like a, a fitness yep. thing, but you did it four years ago. Yeah. Now you've moved on, right? You're more like holistic. You you're did, into you're yoga. insanity. You yeah. You did the you're done. And now you're into yoga, right? right? Cause you want like a more thing. Now, if I'm marketing a bodybuilding or fitness product to you, you've like moved on. So my dollars are being spent on a person that has no interest in that. Right. I'd rather market to the person that clicked that button 30 days ago, 60 days ago. Cause I know that's where they're at. Right. So our software basically allowed you to hone in, on those people. Uh-huh. So you're not marketing to the masses. You're marketing only to the ones that are newly saying to you, yes, this is what I'm about. Right. So that was software number one. Software number two is a little more um, simple. It was just to automate a process that we've been doing manually that just takes a little time. It's really good for research. Mm-hmm. So that should probably launch in another 30, 45 days. You can just head over to satoriprime.com and follow us and we'll let you know when it comes out. And I'm going to put links to everything yeah. we talk about in the show notes. Of course. So let's just switch gears for a second and talk about actually your, your personal process or your business process and how you kind of go through your day. Okay. Like, so you have two kids, you know, I have my three kids we're all here together this weekend um, and you work at home. What, what does your day kind of look like? Uh, good question. Yeah. Uh, so I, I work from home. Uh, we have a nanny. Thank God. I actually tried to do the, uh, Oh, honey, I work from home. I'll take care of the kids. That lasted a whole about 48 hours. Um, just, you can't, you can't be effective enough, I guess, uh, in that in between time, at least for me, for what I was trying to do. So my day, uh, consists of, I'm always with my kids in the morning, wake up with them, breakfast, the whole deal. What time? Uh, I usually wake up around seven. Okay. I know you're like a super early riser. Ari's like, so I get here. I'm like, so what time you wake up? He's like, I'll be up at 4.30. I was like, I'll see you at 7. <laughs> um, I wake up at 7, take care of my kids, uh, drink a Bulletproof coffee. That's usually my, my, uh, my morning routine. And then I'll drive Shia to camp or school. And then by 9.15, I'm usually at my desk. Okay. Uh, my day, what I try to do is I try to start with some sort of creative task, uh, just to get kind of the juices flowing because my brother's in California. So he's three hours behind. So I pretty much have like three hours in that morning yeah. where it's just me. 
you know, like, so I try to knock out as much stuff as possible. So I'll do that. Um, sometimes I, I schedule some calls. What are the creative tasks? Are they like? Creative tasks, uh, content, uh, okay. podcasts. Uh, we have a podcast as well. Uh, Called the perform shameless plug performance enhancing oh, podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, you can just look for a performance enhancing podcast. And uh, I've been on the podcast. Yeah, so. Ari's been on it. One of the highest downloaded shows to today. Thank you. Uh, so that's creative. I'm a big video guy, so create a lot of videos. So I edit. I like to edit. I don't know. I just really enjoy editing video. Okay, it's just like something I like to do. Um, and then usually in the afternoon. I'll do a workout okay. because what I find for me is like a three, four hour stint at my desk with breaks in between, but like three, four hours and then afternoon workout. I usually take about an hour. I'll do like a 30, 45 minute workout by yourself, by myself shower. I'm, I'm big into Tony Horton and P90X and insanity and all those guys. Um, then I'll take a shower and then I feel like when I come back from that, it's like a, a brand new day for me. It's like a reset yeah. button, energized, excited, etc. Then I usually work till about lunch. I actually, so this is going to sound really crazy. I'm, my wife thinks I'm crazy, but I'm pretty much on like a liquid diet till dinner. Um, so I drink Bulletproof. I'll do like a protein shake, a light one, just like a straight scoop, one scoop, water, protein shake before my workout because I don't like to be too heavy. And then after the workout, I'll do another shake, but that one will have like bananas and peanut butter and another scoop of, another thing of mct oil uh some berries stuff like that that's big, a, like, I mean, a big a hearty meal. you know that's a meal here's what i found um and this is just from a performance standpoint and i think we'll talk about performance as we go through this but when i eat lunch the amount of uh tiredness and like lethargicness when i get back to my desk oh yeah is horrible. So that loss of, first of all, making food, eating food, sitting down at my desk, being lethargic for an hour, is just a waste of time. Yeah. I find I make a shake, which takes me five minutes to make. I pound it, you know, as I'm sitting at my desk and I feel nothing. I literally feel like I just keep going like this and it, it just become very effective. So I'll do that. I'll, I'll come back. Um, usually in the afternoon we have a, uh, like our mastermind calls and stuff like that. So that takes up a lot of the afternoon. And then by usually six o'clock, I wrap up and I just go hang out with my kids. Mm -hmm. This is great. Um, yeah, it's interesting about the eating because I, up until I'd say about a month ago or so, I had just finished four months of real straight up intermittent fasting. And not for that purpose. Basically, what I was doing was I wouldn't eat anything until noon. Not even coffee. Nothing. Wow. Yeah, nothing. I'd wake up. I have a glass of water, basically a couple. So just drink water and uh, do with the kids, do whatever I do. Was it hard at first? You know, it wasn't actually. Really? And it happened almost by accident because what happened was the first time, like Sebastian is one of my twins. Sebastian tends to wake up kind of early. Nowadays, he's usually good till like six thirty. But there was a period where he was like up at like five every morning. Yeah, and it's fine. But getting up and like eating at five was the worst because then. I'm hungry at like seven and yeah. I'm hungry at nine and I'm hungry yeah, at 12. Yeah, yeah. Bad. And I found that if I delayed the eating, you know, as long as possible, basically it just, the morning was more Absolutely. productive. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and basically I think what happened was one morning I like just got to 11 o'clock and I, and I, and I hadn't even thought about eating. It was just mm. so crazy. And I was like, hmm, let me try this. So no, it wasn't hard. Um, there were a couple times in there where I did need to have like a bulletproof coffee just to kind of get through, you know, whatever. But then basically between 12 and 8 is when I would eat. And I ate a lot. <laughs> a lot. Uh, and it was working really well. And then what I found was when the summer came around, it had the absolute opposite effect. Hmm. In a matter of like three or four days, I was a zombie. Um, really? Yeah. And so what I found was that because we had, a, you know, we had such weird weather this year. Like it was pretty much cold throughout the spring. Yeah. So I think that the intermittent fasting actually, and it kind of makes sense. I think it works better in the winter months, in the cold months, because your, excuse me, your body is sort of more used to uh, almost like hibernation. You know, like it almost that makes total that. sense, right? So you're going to be able to eat those sort. Of, I guess you know it, it sort of makes sense. Like in the winter, you're going to eat the heartier foods. Yeah, traditionally, maybe you know you would have had eaten the the meat that had been preserved and like yeah. the fruit and yeah, all yeah. that stuff. 
so I think when the summer came around, like, and there's fresh fruits out and there's all that kind of stuff, it, it, I feel like your body just needed. So I started uh, introducing more carbs earlier and also eating basically. And not, I still don't eat right when I get up, but I will eat, you know, shortly thereafter. And then the big thing for me is, as I was telling you yesterday, just the no snacking. Yeah. Which was tough, especially making that transition. So I, I really have to figure out how I want to do this next season or next year or whatever it ends up being because when I was doing the intermittent fasting, I literally would eat like from 12 to 8. Like I just wouldn't stop. I'd eat wow. Like, yeah. And it was fine. It was really working very well because it was like little, I was sort of grazing for eight hours. So it was good. But switching back to the, the, the no stacking was really tough that way. Anyway, it's just, I just find it interesting. interesting. I totally agree with you. Yeah. The, the food really does require effort to digest and so like it takes away from what you really want to be doing necessarily i i tell people they laugh at me but i feel like high performers look at eating as a nuisance yeah that yeah. that's kind of most of the conversation well, like high end masterminds is right here right it's like a it's like a very specific function right you just it's like you just have to do it so you do it and you kind of move on yeah you which just, is you know it's like you are you missing out on some of the joys of food i you know i don't know I don't think so. We've been feasting. Are you well, kidding me? Right. On weekends, it's like, you know, when everything slows down and I can just. Well, and, and even so, you know, to me, like the joy of food is two things. One is cooking it. Yes. Um, I agree. And even more so than the eating it necessarily, because I enjoy that. And then the social experience of, you know, you yep. have friends. And in that situation, I don't really care about what I'm eating necessarily. You know, and I, I who said this? Um, Abel James said this on his yep. podcast many times. I feel like he would rather eat like, you know, a pint of ice cream with friends, then, you know, eat like a kale salad by himself. Basically. Yeah. And it's true. It's like, if you're going to enjoy it, enjoy it with friends. And so, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that the food is a fuel and you really have to look at it that way. And nowadays we can get so dialed in on everything that we do. I think it's very important. Yeah. So let's talk about some supplementation stuff. Yeah. So we were talking about nootropics yesterday and I, I haven't, widely experimented but my nootropic of choice basically is a bulletproof coffee and three alpha brands which is by no means as powerful as anything else out there but yeah. i find that that works very well for me i i never have any issue with focus or concentration um, i do have some issues sometimes with creativity and flow hmm. but what i do i try to do is really capture those ideas whenever i can and then basically get into the mode of creativity or whatever it is interesting to do the things that you do but so you you do you, yes. you like some nootropics, so let's talk about I that. do. Uh, so here's a blanket statement. Every body, and I mean body, like physical body, is very different. And therefore, it is up to you to test things on yourself. Yes. I know that sounds crazy, but here's the good news. Nootropics, for the most part, um, I think pretty much across the board, like like the Rassisham family, which we'll talk about in a second, has a lower lethal lethal dose than salt. Like you can overdose on salt before you'll overdose right. on this. So it's really, really safe. That's the good news. So even in testing, you're not screwing yourself up. Right. That's, that's the good news, right? Now, everybody's chemicals. And so I was telling you, I was just, uh, I did a, a podcast with a doctor, uh, Dr. Anthony Beck, genius. And two guys who take my experimenting with nootropics, they make me look like I'm a toddler. Um, they experiment with everything. They're really good about tracking everything. So I really got schooled. It was, it was just an amazing education. One of the things that he had said, the doctor, that I thought was really fascinating is there's chemistry in the brain that allows this stuff to impact you, right? And he talked about it like levers and doors. Mm -hmm. Certain people's chemistry because of food, diet, stress levels. There's a lot of different factors. Um, certain things are open, certain things are closed. So certain nootropics will work better on one person than the other. That's sure. why. Now, personally for me, well, they're also yeah. different nootropics have different purposes. Exactly. Right? Which is another thing I learned, which yeah. I didn't know. Um, right. so there's like, you can, you can get more focus, you can get more creativity, you Fluid can get better reaction time, yeah, yeah. intelligence, better memory, better responses. And you aren't legitimately may have different requirements exactly. what you're doing. Exactly. So like an athlete where reaction time is really important, right. you know, that's what you need to focus on. Right. I didn't know any of this when I started experimenting, by the way, I just literally uh, found this out. But nonetheless, back uh, December, I think November of last year, I tried uh, Dave Asprey had recommended Siltep. Yeah. 
So I bought a couple of bottles of that because I was like, I, I had been to a mastermind and we were there with 25 people and I was asking people about this stuff because I started hearing nootropics, nootropics. I didn't know what the heck it was. And like 15 out of the 25 people there, and these are like seven, eight, some, some even nine figure earners are on it. I'm like, okay, there's gotta be something to this, right? Like these smart, successful people aren't just pumping themselves full of drugs. So I started digging, started digging. So Siltep was my first thing. And, and by the way, so Siltep is uh, forscolin, which and artichoke extract. Um, so it's two very natural compounds which have a synergistic relationship to help your brain uh, uh, basically absorb less acetylcholine, I think. And it, it, it has, I have never tried it actually, but it's gotten raving reviews from some people. So again, here's, so this is a good example. Here, here, this is a perfect example, right? So first day I take the, the dosage, I literally flew, yeah. not like high, not energized, not anything, but you just feel, you know, like Claritin or Clarinex commercial yeah, where, where they're like, goes remove the thing. That's literally what happens yeah. in your brain. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. I don't understand how, like I'm seeing things so clearly. So that happened the first day. I was like, this is magic. Yeah. Second day, less third day, nothing, literally nothing. Like I didn't feel a thing. So I go through the, the first bottle because I just figured, you know, maybe this takes some time. Right, so maybe, I, so I don't know, whatever. Yeah. I, I ended up returning the second bottle because I was like, it doesn't do anything. But then I started talking to more people because I knew there were other options. So I, I got into uh, a nootropic called, there's a racetam family. I think there's about seven of them. Yeah, anaracetam, paracetam, um, and then there's a whole bunch of there's, really random. The, yeah, they're all, ra yeah, anything with racetam in it, yeah. there's a bunch of them. Uh, so I started with paracetam. And, um, that was the first time that consistently I just had amazing results. And I just want to say this clearly, like I don't have ADD. I don't have, uh, ADHD. I don't have any one of these made up, whatever. I don't believe in any of these things, but these disorders, like I'm a really high functioning, highly focused, highly ambitious person. This just made me like, I, I sent it to my brother. I didn't even tell him about it. I was like, you're going to receive something in the mail. When you get it, just let me know. And then I went on vacation. I told him the dosage. I went on vacation. And I remember I contacted him like five days in. He's like, dude, what did you send me? I'm like a robot. Cause you're just so focused and so laser about everything. I said to you yesterday, I feel like since I started taking it was the catalyst in our business. It, look, it's kind of an unfair advantage. Honestly, I, I truly believe, but this is the thing. It's accessible to you and it's, and it's cheap and it's cheap and it's not bad. Like it doesn't do any bodily harm. It's, it's been around, Rastatan has been around for like 60, 70 years. Oh yeah. So it's not like something that just popped up. It's, um, so my experience of it is every person is different. Like I give it to my dad, for example. No reaction, nothing, Really, literally like nothing. The thing that, and this is right, same family, same, nothing. Now he's just not going to experiment on his own, but there's a lot of opportunities. So like with Dr. Beck, one of the things I learned was there's basically three types. There's pharma, pharmaceutical, which are like what we discussed, provigil, provigil new vigil, modafinil, all so, um, all right. So new vigil. So yeah. So new vigil, pro vigil, pharmaceutical. The other one is, um, nutraceuticals, which are like the nootropics, uh, that we were talking about the racetams and all that kind of stuff. Right. And then there are, uh, bio, but what is, is that what you call them? Biologics. Bio. Maybe. Well, you like alpha brain, for instance, would be in that family. Like uh, more like natural. Uh, well, no, alpha brain. Yeah, it, yeah, alpha brain is um, cat's claw and vincosatine okay. and cosetine uh, and huperzine. It's all yeah. natural stuff. So he was talking about like yerba mata, which is a yep. a really crazily dense, almost green type tea that they drink a lot of in Argentina, allegedly. Yeah, no, I love my pick. Yeah. It's really, it's great. He, so Dr. Beck swears by it. Like that's the only nootropic he does. So the interesting thing about that, so that's, that as far as I know is Tim Ferriss's nootropic of choice, but he said it's very specific that he has to prepare it in a traditional way. Yes. Which is in that gourd. Yeah. And it basically takes like out like three or four hours to like steep and get 
Oh, wow, I didn't know that. And that gives them the effects of it. Uh, it I mean, it basically has three different kinds of stimulants on it. So. Yeah, so he, I mean, the doctor swears by that one. There's also essential oils, like he was talking about, like, cedar wood and saddlewood, like all these, like, oils of this stuff that also help tremendously. So bottom line is, if you're looking for an edge in your life, in your business, in your anything, this is definitely an arena that's worth taking a look at for yeah. sure. It's just, well, so this is my, this is my feeling on, on, on nootropics is that it's not going to turn a stupid person into a genius. It's not going to do that. No, it's, it's more like you have the answer inside you and you yes. just can't get it out. Yes. That's what it, it's like the tip of the tongue syndrome. I feel like. Yes. People. And that's what my experience has been with it, where it's like, you know, I could probably write this thing. I could probably put this, you know, figure this out and it probably take me three or four days and, Great, but there's no reward for doing it on my own. Yeah. Know? So why not take this and do it today? Yes. Basically. I, this is what I told you. My experience of it has been one, ultra, ultra focus. Two, it's like seeing a puzzle and understanding all the pieces, the pieces. where they're going to go. Like where sometimes you look at your life and it's kind of jumbled. This makes everything very, very clear. And three, in conversations with people, I find that when they ask a question, the right answer, like in the brain, the, the, perfect, cat the perfect card with the answer is always there. Yeah. You don't have to like sift through a bunch of stuff. It's just right there. Right. So uh, I don't want to push our luck with the baby, so I'm going to ask you the last question, <laughs> I ask, which is what are, the, what are your top three personal tips for being more effective? You know, anything that you can share that that people should look at or do or try to do that can just make them more effective. Okay, great. So we'll do this on the fly. Number one, without a doubt, exercise. If you do not exercise at a minimum three times a day, there's no way you can be in peak performance. I don't give a shit who you are, how good you think you are. And I'll give you an example. Like when I first started focusing on, on this part of my life, I was working like 10, 12 hour days mm -hmm. and then I've never been fat, but like, you know, I hadn't worked out for like two years and my brother's like, dude, just take an hour in the middle of the day, just work out. And I started in the first three to four weeks. I got to tell you was the worst. I mean, we did a crazy workout when I came back and I was in sick shape before I couldn't do 10 pushups. Yeah. That's how out of shape I was. Yeah. And I remember the first time I was like, holy shit, this is an embarrassment. Yeah. So I will tell you, it, it clears your mind. It gets you refocused. It gets you energized. That's why I do it in the middle of my day. So I get that thing, uh, that extra boost exercise a hundred percent. Uh, two, I think diet plays a big part, which is what That's we great. spoke about. Um, I think every person is very unique again, test and figure out what works for you. Yeah. You know, my wife thinks I'm crazy that I'm like till 7 PM. I don't put food in my body. But you know what? For me, my body tells me that it loves it. Right. And if you can, if you can listen to your body, which a lot of people can't, yes. then that's great. Yeah. And, uh, but I will tell you that Bulletproof Coffee actually was, was a big shift for me to start listening to my body. Yeah. I never focused, I guess, on like what things that I put in my body were doing. Now, like I know that if I eat certain cabbages or certain nuts, remember I told you yesterday, like nuts make my stomach a little, yeah. that's stuff that I was never aware of before. Because when I clean up my diet, every little thing that you put in, you now feel differently. It's not just like you're putting so much crap in your body and then you're right. like, I don't know what did it, you know? So I would say that. And then the third, and this is the thing that I wish I knew 10, 15 years ago is educate and read. I think that's the biggest I've been in masterminds. Like I said, with seven, eight, nine figure earners, the biggest difference between those people and everybody that wants to be those people is the amount that they read and educate themselves. It is a habit on a daily basis, right? You were telling, I, oh, yeah. we went through your daily routine every day, right? Yep. It's, I ran a bank. We got to a hundred million dollars in assets under management. I was the sales side of that bank, right? Ask me if I ever took a sales seminar, yeah. read a sales book, nothing. Eight years. And now in my three years with Satori Prime, you know, they say the more you know, the 
the dumber you, you feel. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I look back, I'm like, holy shit, just read a freaking sales book. Yeah. Right. Something like that, that company would have been 500 million bucks. Right. So <laughs> I think just make it a habit to educate yourself and, um, learn as much as you can about things that you're passionate about. Don't force just educate. Right. But when you find things that you're passionate about, the education becomes very natural. So those are my three. Awesome. Well, Alon, thank you. Where's the, so the best website for people to find out about you, which we're going to put in the links. But yeah. Yeah. So toriprime.com is, is the best place to just, uh, you know, join our, uh, family. We call them prime timers. Uh-huh. Uh, performance enhancing podcast is our podcast. Definitely check that out. Uh, we do very similar type of podcasts. Yep. Always, uh, I call it like the golden nuggets, cliff notes of other people's podcasts, books, etc. Um, yeah. And that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you. Hey everyone. It's Felix here. Thanks for taking the time to listen in and we hope you're enjoying the podcast. We always like to hear your feedback. Please make sure to check out the blog at lessdoing.com where you can find out about Ari's elite group coaching mastermind group, as well as the Less Doing University, which has over 100 hours of video content and a question and answer forum too. Also, if you love the show, please take a moment to leave us a positive review on iTunes. Thanks a lot and we'll see you next week.